Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Okay, so welcome everyone to another great episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast with your hosts Hugo Che and Ralph Velasco. And today we have the pleasure of having an old friend and past guest for the show, uh, our great friend Valérie Jardin. Hi Valérie, how are you doing? Bonjour, uh, I'm doing great. Uh, nice to be on the show again and... Uh, Great to uh, to talk to you because oh, actually it hasn't been that long. No, well we we met each other in Chicago recently, right? Yes. Uh, all Great of us time. Too. And hi, Ralph. How you doing? Hey there. Very good. How you guys doing? We're doing good. good. And Ralph is actually in Chicago. I'm in Minneapolis, so we're we're, we're neighbors once again. We're close. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm here in Italy at home with. Uh, we're under a crazy heat wave. It's going. It's it's 37 degrees Celsius today. Oof, oof, oof. I'm going into the 40 plus centigrade tomorrow. I'm heading to the uh, to Sacramento, <laughs> California, oh and I know it's going to be like 109 Fahrenheit, so, which I'm not looking ouch, forward to. It's like, oh, but it's all good. So be maybe, fun anyway. <laughs> maybe not all Americans know how, how many Fahrenheit 37 Celsius is. So uh, there, there is a little trick that I discovered recently, and I was surprised not, not knowing uh, about this before. Do you know how you convert easily from cel- and precisely from Celsius to Fahrenheit? No, my I- phone can do it. <laughs> so I double it and add 30 and that gives you a pretty good approximation yeah you, you get it very right if you double it so 37 times 2 would be 74 then you subtract the first digit so 74 minus 7 would be 67 and then you add 32 and that's oh, 67 that's plus easy. 32 that's 99 <laughs> okay, I have my phone does it much quicker. I know, but I'm an engineer, so I like. My method would have gotten you 94, and that's pretty much the same as 99. So <laughs> it's bad. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable, yeah. Between over 90, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. So yeah, that's that's, uh, that's what we have here. So I've got the AC running. I hope it's not uh, making too much noise. Um, but yeah, so Valérie Jardin, I mean, you don't need a lot of introduction, right? You've been a guest already, and pretty much everybody knows you, uh, and knows about, know. about your work, and um, you're becoming even more famous right now with, uh, with all the books that you're writing, that you're publishing. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wanted to talk to you about your, your most recent books. You have uh, an e-book that you just published. And I was uh, reading it, really lovely. And you have also a paper book that is uh, coming out, I think, in September. I haven't had the pleasure to read it yet, so I'll have to wait uh, when it's out. So we will be talking a bit about your your books uh, and, and your podcast as well. I was um, 
before we started the recording, I was mentioning the fact that I was on the, on the plane yesterday and one of the occasions or the opportunities I have to catch up with, uh, with podcasts is uh, when I'm on a, on a plane. So I'll, I'll listen to a few of them. And I'm subscribed to your Hit the Streets podcast. I was behind a few episodes, so I was doing a little bit of, uh, of catch up, uh, listening to the latest ones. Um, uh, great as usual. So how's the podcast going? I hear it's going really it's, well. It's going really well. I love it. Um, as the audience may know, I, I, I was on the TWIP network with Street Focus for over 100 episodes. And uh, almost a year ago, I decided to leave TWIP and it was a it was a hard decision because you build relationships and you you know things I didn't have to worry about the back end of the podcasting you know the having I mean I had an editor but I didn't have to I didn't even know how to subscribe to iTunes you know <laughs> because I had somebody else do all that for me but in a very short time I learned to to do it all not not the not the editing I still hire an editor but um, and uh, and I'm at episode 46 on hit the streets with Valérie Jardin and I think it's the numbers are uh, beat the numbers I had with uh, with street focus by now and great audience it's it's been it's been awesome I must say and I think when it's under your own brand although I had creative freedom before it's still a little different and I'm really really enjoying it I mean I'm I'm everything I do I do because it's fun so uh, I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't enjoying it and it's every Thursday yep and we we're doing this as well because we have fun doing it it's uh, but it's also a great way to to widen your audience, I think I've got so many got to, to know so many people um, from the audience, mm -hmm. from the guests that it's uh, it, it's turned out to be a, a great vehicle for for marketing myself and, and Ralph, I guess uh, as well. If I can speak for Ralph and and for you as mm. well, probably. Yep, mm. for sure. Yeah, it's reaching a different audience um, because people who read articles and people who listen to podcasts are not necessarily the same audience you know i find that um more women read uh in general and that's not just you know an impression that is just i'm sure there are statistics out there and men more men listen to podcasts than women do it's definitely more of a male audience and it seems like women who find out about me usually find out about me through articles blogs and books and men are more likely to discover my work through podcast so yeah it's a it's a good way to reach to reach a different audience uh, interesting um before we we talk about the books uh, i was uh, would like to ask you a question about a thing you mentioned during your your latest podcast uh, what, what was the episode number so maybe people can go and, and find i don't know it. the the <laughs> monologue <laughs> the monologue yes 27 27 minutes that was hard Valerie to listen Jordan. to i hear <laughs> no it was great <laughs> so that was 27 minutes with valerie or something like that right yes so people can google it but uh, you were talking about these uh, hit the streets worldwide photo walks and i said well, never heard about that what's the uh, oh What's that? Well, a lot of people have asked about, you know, photo walks and how we can make that work. And um, so I'm right now putting together a team to help uh, 
on the administration end of things uh, to to coordinate. And then we will start with uh, hit the streets, photo walk, New York, hit the streets, Paris. But they're just social photo walks. They're not workshops. They will be completely free. They will be local photographers um, organizing them, you know, and organize, organizing the, the routes. And uh, I know Fujifilm USA will be involved in the uh, in the United States with um, with some reps and um, uh, who will be there with some gear to loan to people during the photo walks to try out some of the gear. So I'm excited about that because that's always a bonus. You know, we could, you can get some T-shirts and things on the photo walks. And then, uh, but the around the world, um, it's going to be, yeah, led by just local photographers who are avid listeners of the show. A lot of them are friends. And uh, but we'll start, you know, it's it's kind of a it's a big deal. You know, it's it's representing the, the brand. So it's not going to start with 50 photo walks in a year. It's going to start very slowly. And I want it to be well uh, well managed. So I'm looking right now for a team of volunteers who will be on the, you know, who will be admins of the new um, uh, page for that and so forth. So it's, yeah, it's I, a work in progress, but I'm excited about it's, it. It's definitely going to be to be a big deal. I mean, uh, looking at the uh, Scott Kelby's uh, worldwide photo walks, which uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, could be a bit, a bit of your inspiration there. It's uh, it's yeah. a big deal, yeah. So now we are going to have the hit the streets. Worldwide photo walks, in addition to the Kelby worldwide Kelby. photo walks, they're going to be. And recently, <laughs> went, went with uh, Trey Radcliffe on a couple of his, of his photo walks, and pretty soon I'll be doing photo walks every weekend. And I'm not sure That's my right. wife will appreciate not it. A bad, <laughs> well, not what? a bad thing, huh? No, but Valerie, is uh, are these going to be like Kelby's on one day, or are they going to be all over the year? You know, over the course oh, of no, the year. No. There, but you know that's actually a good point. It it could be fun to have a down the road to have a a day where many countries, many cities have a, a, a photo walk. Who knows? But right now we'll probably just do. You know, I, I envision maybe three or four in the next year um, in different cities. I would like to participate in one or two, which would make sense to get started. Uh, so New York and Paris would make the most sense since those are the two cities where I spend the most time. Well, possibly Minneapolis too, actually, I should say. <laughs> uh, but uh, so we'll see. It's really, I, I'm I, in about a month, I'll have a brainstorming meeting with the, the few volunteers who've come forward to to be on the administration end of things. And I'm still looking for more people. Uh, and uh, and then we'll go from there. So, and I don't know why, I always, you know, the busier I am, the more creative ideas I get. And it's like, okay, this is nuts. Like, I really have time <laughs> for this. No. <laughs> but it's too fun to pass. Oh, and, you. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I funny. need to clone myself. I'm yeah. not the only one. No, oh you're God. not, Ralph. Well, we talked about that together before, mm. you know. But yeah. it's, it's funny how <laughs> the busier you are, the more you want to do. Exactly. Absolutely. So yeah, funny. yeah. I'm, I'm the same. But Snowball. yeah, uh, it's. Um, I mean, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll contact you after this and, and see if I can okay. contribute something there. I awesome. want to. I would like. Because I know you have unlimited free time. I have. Uh, <laughs> Well, Valerie, where can people that want to volunteer reach you? 
Yeah, the, the best way is to go on my website, valeriejardin.com, um, because that's where, you know, it's easier to manage emails than, um, than comments and posts and everything, although sure. I'm trying, but, uh, and I'm getting some help now with uh, a virtual assistant who is going to be uh, helping with some of the organization, but it's hard to, uh, to, to do it all and to keep track of everything. So email is the best way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have a link to the, that in the show notes for sure. So, we wanted to talk about the books, and first we'll maybe talk a little bit about the ebook because it's already out. Can you? Do you want to uh, say where, what's the title, or where, where can people find it? Uh, well, actually, through my website again, and uh, the the latest ebook is the Art of Seeing Photographically, and it's something that I think I've. It was written. It was just never put into an ebook, and uh, and so my uh, my designer put this together this year, and it's just got out on Monday. And it's a companion to my new keynote about you know the same title, the art of seeing photographically. Of course, it's more uh, it's a bit longer, but uh, a lot of people when they see a presentation, say, oh, is there is there a a PDF of it, and so I figured. Well, the easiest, the best way to do it is just to have ebooks. So it's my second ebook um, in a year. Actually, I wrote three books. Actually, I was just thinking in one year uh, because this one was done last in the spring, exactly a year to the day of the first ebook, and in between, I wrote the big book for Focal Press. But so the art of seeing photographically, it's not about street photography only it's about being a storyteller it's about photography and i more and more resist the term street photographer because i'm a photographer yes i spend a lot of time on the street but <laughs> but i'm a photographer and there really is nothing that i haven't shot and i really love it all but um it's about putting more intent in your photography and and taking control of your gear to um to really say what uh, tell what you want to tell to to the viewer and uh you know working your frame and seeing your life the light and uh um all about timing watching your background but it really applies to any type of photography whether you you do landscapes still life uh people and so forth and actually I had to go back several years into my uh, of pictures to find the the content um sample photographs because I mean it goes from wildlife to <laughs> landscape and I I don't do much of that lately it, well probably for the lack of time but uh, so I had to go back about eight nine years uh, in uh, in Lightroom <laughs> to find some of those sample photographs which was kind of fun and a lot of people have said wow we had no idea you shot all that stuff <laughs> and besides uh, fashion I think I've shot it all so there is a sentence in the book uh, that has uh, really resonated with me because I've been thinking and writing and speaking about the, the subject of uh, iconic images. Um, I, I will read the sentence, so maybe you, then you can comment on it. And you say, you need to think and see outside the postcard when you travel and create your own iconic images. And I know that's, uh, that, that's important, but it's uh, probably easier said than done. Can you maybe give some suggestions to our audience for people who want to go beyond the postcard shot what what kind of practices they should adapt adopt yeah i my feeling is that if 
you know, everybody wants to get the postcard shot. And, well, those postcards are already on the postcard stand, so what's the point? You know, it's not very gratifying to get shots that have already been made. Uh, if you've seen it before, then, in my opinion, it's not your shot. You know, you have to learn to see differently and um, and make your own, do your own interpretation of anything, whether it's... Uh, uh, a famous landmark or, or scenery or anything. So it's really trying to think outside the outside the postcard, outside the box, and and using you know reflections or even if you photograph your family on vacation, you know you see the same old you know. Well, now it's all selfies, but <laughs> but people standing in front of a, a landmark. Well, are these really the photographs you're going to want to remember? You know, it's it's so much more fun to photograph. You know, I have pictures in my mind of my kids, you know, playing with local kids or, you know, eat, you know, walking around with a baguette and eating the end of the baguette like every French kid does, you know, when we travel to, I mean, my kids were raised in the U.S., so we travel to France, you know, those things that are, those are, those are the photographs that I, I cherish because they they're they're my own they're they reflect their personality and they they still have a sense of the place so if you're in italy you know photograph your kids playing bocce ball with other kids or playing soccer with other kids don't photograph them standing in front of the coliseum and uh i mean do that too if you want to but it's not not really fun and and that works for anything I mean it, it, one of the assignments I give my students is to really show me a, a photograph of a, a famous landmark whether it's the Eiffel Tower or anywhere that I haven't seen before and uh, at first they thought they think oh well what's the point and then that's one of the hardest assignment they they get because it's all been done but then if you start really focusing on things that you haven't seen I mean things that are like including people just as simple as that including people in your photograph will make it a unique photograph because nobody has photographed that place with that person in front of it well of course it can't be just a random person it has to either have humor or there has to be a story it could be lovers or you know somebody going by on a you know on a scooter whatever it is but it has to be intentional. So just the fact of including people in your travel photographs will make them definitely more your own. Does it make does it uh, does it make sense? Do you Absolutely. think that's yeah. is that what you were looking for? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I know no, you I, you agree in that too because you tr you should travel and and although you you know yeah. I know people want to get the the postcard shots but it's so much more to that. There's I've, so much more um, to that. I had a gave a speech recently on this topic and one of the, the things I was saying is that, I mean, th th there's a reason why iconic images are iconic because they're, they're typically beautiful and they uh, represent beautiful subjects and there's, a, there's something to be said for the fact that uh, I mean, a, a photo of an iconic location that I recently took was sold to create a jigsaw puzzle okay, mm -hmm. and the jigsaw puzzle is the epitome of the iconic shot they want colorful yes. nice locations and um, details and everything something that is easily recognizable the classical postcard and well i'm 
do I regret having taken that? Not because that so that sale gave me a few hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, so there's uh, there's something to be said, but uh, but I agree. I mean, I would my my approach is to yeah take the the iconic shot, get it out of the way, try to sell it, and then try to get something truly mine and possibly unique, if not mm-hmm. unique at least personal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I tell my students that you know get the postcard shot while you're standing right there but absolutely put your own twist on it i mean mm-hmm. the, these postcard shots are postcards for a reason and uh but try to put your own post put your own twist on it and get it in different weather conditions with and without people from different angles above below behind whatever and uh try to look at it differently but you might as well get it while you're there and and I go back to places over and over again, like I'm sure you do. And, you know, after a while, it's like, okay, I've gotten this shot many times. I, I don't need it again. But there could be different types of clouds or different weather conditions and, and things like that that, uh, that you, you, you didn't see the, the previous times you were there. Yeah, I think that that's so true, too. And, and for us, when we end up going to those same locations, I mean, then – it becomes an exercise and and it becomes harder and harder to get the shot we haven't shot yet or we haven't we hadn't seen yet and um and i love it actually when my students get a shot of a location that i've i've been to so many times and they get a shot that i had never even thought of that's the most the most gratifying as a as an instructor and uh, but my challenge when i'm in those locations is yet to just try to get something i haven't i haven't i had not seen yet or i hadn't thought of yet and uh, and that's that's wonderful because otherwise photography would become so boring and you could never go to the same place twice yeah, and I and also going back with different gear over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, once you've upgraded or changed the type of gear that you're photographing with different lenses. So shooting the same subject with different lenses, that that's also So what is storytelling? You know, I mean, how do you create images that tell a story? Well, if it's um, a story in a frame, you really have to leave room for the imagination. And I think that's why... Um, that's why street photography, quote unquote, is uh, so close, so so dear to me and so close to my heart is because I'm very curious. I've always been curious of what's going on in other people's lives, even as a child. And uh, I, always, uh, I always make up stories. So I, I, I love that. But um, you can also tell the story of a place in, in a series of images, you know, and, and it's one of the parts in the book where I think like the editor of a travel magazine, if you, if you open a travel magazine, you're going to have, yes, usually the iconic landmark and a double spread, but without all these other shots, the medium and then the close-up shots and a lot of those little close-up shots that really link the story together. Uh, and that's something you can do of any place really and anything uh is to get a series and i think that's often what's missing in the way people uh tell stories is is those those series of images and they can make wonderful um display on their walls doesn't have to be just a single photograph and uh but what better 
way to to tell to you know it's the best way to have a travel album you know I often when during my week-long workshops people the goal at the end is they have enough images of a place which includes a lot of street photography of course but have enough images to tell the story of Rome or Paris and put together a coffee table book which quite a few of the students end up doing you know sometimes it takes weeks or months you know before they put that together and I always tell them you just make sure you have a lot of those little detail shots. Have more than you think you'll ever need. You know, the, the menus, the blackboards, the 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 hotel keys. You know, sometimes they're so pretty with the, the tassel. Uh, all those details. And then make stories of just uh, a place. You can tell the story of, um, of a city. You can tell a story of your, your boutique hotel in Rome or wherever you are uh, with a series. And I think that's a wonderful way to, uh, to approach any destination. I mean, that's, that's what I did with my app that I created, my shot list for travel was to mm -hmm. have these 52 different categories and you may not need all 52 in every place, but maybe you need 30. And if you can get five solid images in each category, that's 150 shots that are probably going to be a pretty good represent representation of that place mm -hmm. and getting all the different angles and things that are telling the story and uh, I, I like to think like that as an editor as well. And, you know, what would uh, a photo editor put into a, a magazine? What eight or 10 or 12 shots would they put in there to tell the story? And it's not just going to be 12 pictures of monuments or 12 pictures of plates of food, mm -hmm. uh, unless it's, you know, about the food of a place or the monuments of a place. So giving variety, it's all the, in a word, it's variety. Absolutely. I need to have you on my show to talk about that further, Rolf. I did not know about that uh, that app that you developed. Oh, my goodness. You're the only I'm, person. I'm the only one. <laughs> I've been busy. <laughs> you know, it could be anything, like uh, just something that comes to mind um, that uh, the series that I put in the in the ebook is that uh, that store in Rome with the pink bicycle and really what what drew my eye was actually the pink bicycle and there's so many there's it's so colorful in Rome and it's so beautiful so I got a white shot and and fortunately for me there was this really handsome gentleman with a dog walking out of that little shop so so I have the picture of the place with the gentleman and then I got closer and I and then I focused on the bicycle which what which is what drew my eye in the first place but instead of going straight for the bicycle I got a white shot of the scene then I got closer and then I got some detailed shots of the bicycle and the texture and so I, when you put all that together it's much more interesting but you could um, you know I, I do that uh, at, at the park, like at the Jardin du Luxembourg, there is this really cute little kiosk that sells hot chocolate and coffee and so and and uh, crepe. And uh, so you can really do a series and and yes, picture it like if you were going to to do an article about this place, this kiosk. Um, you know, photograph the the gardens as a white shot and then get include the kiosk in in your series and get closer and then get can get some pictures of the the young woman that that works there and i i have those pictures so i picture i see them in my head as i'm talking to you i have one where she she has the steam of the hot chocolate in front of her and she's she's stirring the hot chocolate and then um and then i have a close-up of the 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 menu and and the the candy jars that are sitting there uh, and then people 
uh, who are um, who are buying from her exchange of money. I mean, there's so much you can do. I mean, at a market, for example, that's that's a great place to even get started with this kind of exercise. Go to your local farmers market and really focus on the wide wide. You don't need a lot of those couple white shots and then the medium you need a few more but it's all those close-up shots that are going to make a difference and they're going to make your story and um and then and then put it together do it do a blog post about that um i think it's a it's it's an exercise that everyone should make at home they don't have to travel to do that you can do that anywhere but then it will open your eyes to becoming a better travel photographer and uh, and definitely including locals in your shot and being very discerning you know the local usually is not going to wear the same clothes you know be discerning when you photograph people when you travel who wants to have tourists in their travel shots um so be discerning and um and and if you if you have the time, you know, spend spend some time in one location and get more shots than you're going to need. But I think really it's all about those details and get close. Most people don't get close enough. I mean, if you think you're close, then get closer. I think that you can take this very literally. I mean, if you're if you're somebody is not sure how to develop a story, think about the example of the restaurant going to a restaurant. So. You can think if I'm going to a restaurant, I will. I don't, I don't know the place before. I will stand outside, look at the at the windows, at the door, at the menu outside. So I have an establishing shot that shows the, the the front of the restaurant, and then maybe a detail on the menu outside. Then go inside the the furniture, uh, the tablecloths, and so on. The, mm-hmm. the knives and the cutlery, and then the, maybe some photos of the waiters. So. Think like a person that is actually going to a restaurant and is uh, exploring it, and that will naturally develop into a story, I think. And then in the end, you have a nice bill. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is about... And, and all those shots require different sets of skills. So you really practice, you know, working different angles, uh, working with lights, working with close-ups. It really no matter where you do that you will learn you will become a better photographer by by doing the these series for sure and i I think you can tell the story of anything and Mm -hmm. i often think of you know going to a region of the world like patagonia telling the story of it or a country like cambodia but you could break that down and now you're talking about the story of that restaurant you could tell the story of a truck or an apple and you, it's about that wide medium and detail. And you just keep kind of zooming in and just f- finding, you know, getting in on the veins of that that uh, leaf on that apple, the color, the surroundings. And it, so you can break it down to anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, you also have a, a paper book, re- real book, quote unquote, coming out. <laughs> the real book. <laughs> <laughs> the, the real dead trees book uh can you tell us a bit about it what's the title when is it coming out uh yes it's actually on pre-order on amazon uh street photography creative vision behind the lens and it's published by rutledge 
Focal Press, which is uh, Taylor and Francis in the UK. Um, and Focal Press is um, my editor in New York. Um, so it's a it's a paper book, uh, which I'm I'm really excited. I mean, yes, you can self-publish books, ebooks. I mean, there's it's great satisfaction, you know, when the reviews come in and people are happy and they do the exercises and everything, but and they feel like they're growing and uh, so for an educator, it's it's awesome and it's a good way to reach more people. But this one, you know, working for a for a, a reputable publisher was a big deal. My first experience, uh, so I I learned a lot. Uh, it's a long process, and um, the book uh, part it's really a two part. Part one is the educational part in a more traditional way. It's you know, I have this first book, first um, street photography, first steps and beyond. So I took this model and and made it longer with exercises that people can, you know, for each each chapter, um, some exercises so pe- people can practice some skills and techniques. So that's part one. That's the traditional how to part, which is not the biggest part of the book, uh, but because. Routledge is an educational publisher. Um, this book will be um, released in, uh, at the university level as well. So it had to have really that traditional education part. But the core of the book is actually um, the vision behind the photograph. So I go, um, it's about, it's over a hundred of my photographs. And for each one, it's what pretty much what was going on in my head uh, when I saw the scene all the way to the, f- the finished image um, from from seeing to capturing. And it's all about the, the emotion. Why did I frame this way? What did I see? What did I frame this way? Uh, why black and white? Why color? And so forth. So it's really being in my head for over 100 photographs uh, shot from Paris to Rome to uh, New York, San Francisco. So, uh, um, so it's very personal in a way because um, it's really about, you know, sometimes I shot a certain way because of the mood I was in. Or, so it has a lot of personal uh, content um, but it's also a great teaching tool because, you know, what better way to, it's like being on a photo walk with me instead of being next to me, you're kind of in my head, basically. So um, I selected over 100 more recent photographs. I would say they're mostly shot in the past couple of years. Uh, They're not all, you know, my best shots, but that wasn't the point uh, either. Some some of them I'm very proud of. Some, you know, it's just sometimes it's just an emotion and, and the reader may not connect with some of them or uh, but it's all a way to share the vision. And it's really about the creative vision behind the photograph. So that's the part that was um, that appealed to the to the publisher because it was a, a fresh approach to teaching. Yeah. You talk about the importance of constraints. Mm hmm. Get into tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, you mean like limitations? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I really think there is a lot of power in, in setting limitations. Um, whether you set limitation in you know in gear or in um, in number of frames or uh, also 
being very discerning, not using the machine gun approach in 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 your photography. I think that's so important. I I I really do feel that digital has been wonderful um, for the learning curve, and it's made photographer learn faster. But I think once you reach a certain level, then you definitely need to reverse that a little bit and slow down. And and whatever way you find, some people go back to shooting film sh to challenge themselves and to set some limitations. Others will, like I shoot JPEG and I make the decision of color or black and white in camera. Uh, I do very, very little pulse processing. I mean, under five seconds per picture, um, you know, minimal cropping if necessary. That's pretty much all I do, um, actually, um, because, you know, sometimes you just need to, to adjust slightly, but the goal is to get it right in camera. And I do think if more photographers uh, took that approach, they would become better photographers. I think uh, it's about slowing down and um, and putting more intent and and whether you're uh, even in street photography and, and a lot of people will say well that's kind of that doesn't make much sense because you have so little time so you should shoot more but I think people if you sh if you shoot if people shoot too much and they are not being selective enough and um, you know then we might as well just do video and just pick a frame or two but there is absolutely there would be absolutely no satisfaction in that as a as as a still photographer so it's really about getting the shot you envision in a frame i'm not saying that you should not put your camera into burst mode of course you should and there are times when you have no other options but um when you want to really challenge yourself don't go into burst mode and just you know learn to see in one frame and and time things just right so that um you know somebody's going to be in the right step but you got it in one frame because you you were prepared. And those are good exercises, not something you want to practice somewhere you'll never go again um, because obviously you want to get, you want to put as much chance on your side, but really setting limitation as an exercise um, is the best thing you can do. I think it's all about anticipation too and, and mm -hmm. you know, seeing people coming into the scene and having that great background and, and like you say, timing it so they're in that middle of that step or they're against a clear part of the, the background. Really mm -hmm. important. Absolutely. And I'm not a street photographer, but you know, as a travel photographer, that's part of what I do. Sure, yeah. Well, I think you are a street photographer. I mean, we, we all are in, uh, in part at least when we we go out and we shoot uh, scenes that are happening. Uh, it might not be a street, might be a market or some other place. But if we don't think of ourselves as ourselves as street photographers, we end up shooting uh, scenes in the in, in real life that are happening, and that's the the heart of street photography in the end. And that's what it is, I think, at least. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of street photography, I mean. Uh, a bit of a personal question here. You did not start as a street photographer, but what made you decide that that was your future, that you were going to be a street photographer at some point? Um, well, it's it's something that I, that became more and more consistent in my in my work. Um, like many, I I didn't see much potential in my in my own environment on the street. You know, it's something I would do as I traveled, but unlike a lot of 
uh, travel photographers, people who usually go to um, go to iconic places, don't want to include people. And for me, I, that never that was never an appeal to a photograph of a castle or anything without people. So that became more uh, a quest to find the right people and and capture a place with the right people. And then slowly, you see potential in your own town and then you start doing street photography everywhere you go whether you're at the airport or at the cafe I mean I'm, I'm a terrible date <laughs> whenever I'm, uh, I'm at a restaurant I have my camera and I, I have to capture things you know wherever I am so <laughs> it's like if I'm with non-photographers I'm sure it's really uh that's probably why I'm with photographers all the time <laughs> Because at least we all understand each other uh, that we can't put the camera down. I really have a problem with that. Uh, and I photograph people everywhere I go. And I, I love it. So to me, it's, it's also because of the, the appeal of, of the shot that nobody else has done and nobody ever will. And there is so much satisfaction in that. Um, not that I, I, I mean, I understand that if you're standing in front of um, uh, a, a beautiful landscape with 10 other photographers, not everyone is going to get the same shot. Of course, you know, you will, everybody has their own vision and will use a different, um, you know, a different, they all will see it differently. But, um, but chances are, you know, you're going to get a shot that's very similar to the person on the tripod, you know, standing behind the tripod next to you and the one person next to that. And to me, there is no satisfaction in that whatsoever. Um, I mean, I do see the beauty. I'm more likely to go to um, um, when I'm in nature. I'm I'm. I don't always bring my camera. Actually, it's probably the one place where I don't bring a camera because I love to see it and experience it with my own eyes, but I'm not um, so tempted to to experience it through my lens as I do street because it's really about that. Un it's the unique aspect of it and the extreme challenge of it. You know, just the, the so little time to capture something that will never happen again. It's neat. I like that idea of it never happening again and mm -hmm. never happened before and never will again. That, that it to me is the, the ultimate of street photography. Yeah. And definition and, of it. Yeah, I think so. Even yourself, you could not replicate it if you wanted to. So right. that is really the, the appeal. And I think if, if, uh, street photographers, uh, think about it, that's probably, even if they never put it into words, that's probably one of the biggest draws. So we want to be respectful of your time. I know that you will be now busy organizing 50 worldwide photo walks and writing <laughs> a couple books. Uh, <laughs> leading she some wrote one while we were sitting here, while we were yeah. talking here. <laughs> <Double> chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you will be leading other workshops soon. Maybe you can uh, let our listeners know uh, what's... Uh, What's next on your agenda, your calendar? Do you have any workshops, uh, yes. tours coming up? Yes, actually, um, I'm in, in September, Paris. And actually, well, I don't know when this is going to air, so I should probably not say anything. But yesterday, a weekend spot just opened for Paris, which never happened. And so uh, that's Paris at the end of September. But it's one spot, so it could be gone uh, right after we hang up. But um, so Paris, two workshops in September. 
New York in October. And then we'll be adding San Francisco probably this year yet, probably beginning of December. My son is going to graduate school in California, so I'm going to be spending more time there. So I'll probably add a few more workshops, and I love going to San Francisco, so it's going to be fun. And then uh, starting the year, you know, strong with uh, new uh, Paris workshops. I think I have four or five next year in Rome again. I'm excited about coming back to Rome. I, I hope I see you there, mm-hmm. Hugo, again. And, um, yeah, lots. I don't even have the, the calendar, but I'm going to – I'm pacing myself. And that's funny because people – and I will add some cities. I probably will add um, either Toronto or Montreal next year. Um, and New York is – I come back to New York every year at least twice. Um, people say, why don't you come here? Why don't you add this? But um, I want to keep this exciting and fun for – for me too and uh and that's the thing yes i could be greedy and add 10 more workshops in a year mm-hmm. but i would burn out and and if i don't ever want to lose the passion for this and so that's why it's so important to pace yourself and there is a there is a sweet spot and i think uh i think i i found it and so i'm um i don't want to add too many too many more workshops in a in a year time there is a it's very, I mean, the traveling um, gets to be uh, really difficult at times, um, it's, and I need to juggle family time and uh, and some me time. And there's a lot of exciting things that can happen, too, I need to leave time for. I mean, last year, I was invited to come and speak at a university, and I could not fit it in. And I, I'm glad that they will, they extended it to next year, because I really want to, 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 to do that. Um I was just asked to do a huge campaign, ad campaign, uh, by a big advertising agency. I'm hoping to be able to uh, to fit that in because it's it's such an exciting project. So it's important for for me to uh, leave time for those projects as well. So, but it's exciting. I'm, I I didn't teach at all in July, and. Um, I miss it so much right now. I have the travel bug again. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, once you start traveling, you don't, never want to stop sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. so I guess people can find everything about you and your workshops and your books at mm-hmm. your website, uh, valeriejardinphotography.com. Is that right? Yes, or, or oh. valeriejardin.com. Yeah, either way. Or Google the name, you'll find me. And uh, from the website, you can find the blogs, the books, and all the art. Mo- most articles that I've written in recent years are linked in there as well. So, and the podcast, of course. And, and the podcast uh, and the Hit the Streets Facebook Facebook group, as well. Which yes. I recommend everybody to to join and follow. There's some great work being shared there. And it's fun, fun, it's fun. Uh, nice people. Yeah. Good. It's a comfortable place. Um, all levels and uh, and everybody's very kind and helpful and I'll just do a little plug for our own little Facebook group it's uh, the Traveling Image Makers Corner uh, again on Facebook I think uh, some of the people who are in our group are in, in yours as well and it's uh, yes it's we have a, ve- a lot of friends in common it's a very <laughs> relaxed easygoing type of group mm, yeah so just just join join both <laughs> okay, Ralph, what about you? Anything coming up? Uh, some travels? I hear you're coming to Europe. 
Yeah, I'm leaving in a couple weeks. I'll be uh, leading my rustic and rural Romania trip. I've uh, got, I think, one or two spots left on that. And then I'll be scouting Bulgaria for a trip that I'm doing there next year. And then I'm speaking in Ireland right after that. And I think I'm home for maybe eight or ten days. And then I'm off again for two and a half months or so to do India, Cambodia, and Vietnam. So still a few spots left on on those trips. So you can go to photoenrichment.com to get more information about that. And as for me, as you're coming to Europe, I'm running away to Thailand. (laughs) I swear it was on purpose. (laughs) You you travel east and I travel more east. No, but I'm just (laughs) going to Thailand for uh, vacations. uh, But it's uh, going to be... uh, rich in photographic opportunities so stay tuned i'll bring home some nice images at least i hope yeah you may be a little off the grid while you're there too because i hear it's not always so easy to find uh cool i don't know well maybe i will just uh, disappear for a couple of weeks (laughs) well we won't forget you no (laughs) (laughs) all right so thanks for uh for your time today it's always great to converse with you valerie uh, thank you lots of fun and i'm sure we will uh, see again maybe in rome next year or maybe in new york somewhere i don't know chicago minneapolis wherever Sounds have a nice good. day for thank now thank you and until next time take care thanks take care Bye. thanks valerie bye-bye